up, folks? It is Friday Eve, Thursday night, for those who like to keep track of the days of the week. And yes, it is time to talk not only some Eagles football, but let's not forget, Dick Vermeil was inducted into the Hall of Fame just a couple of weekends ago. And so Melissa Pios was back with us this evening to talk to us about her experience at the Hall of Fame and the people she came across. And she rubbed a couple of good elbows with a couple of good people. So it should be a lot of fun conversation. I have a video that she shared with me and a couple of pictures to share with you guys. So you guys can see exactly what's going on. And later on at about the 830 hour, we'll have Rich Quinones on. My brother will be on this evening and he'll talk about his latest venture with 27 and Q. And we'll keep you updated with that as the show progresses. But don't forget also visit the all new brand new. Boy, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? The all new BroadStreetSouth.com, BroadSTSouth.com. We also thank you for tuning in from Kenya, from Australia, and from Italy, and everywhere around the world, including stateside in South America. As once again, we are at episode 153, almost the over halfway point of 200. So it gets better from here. And we can't wait until episode 200 so we can have just as much fun as we did with episode 100. If you guys remember, that was almost a three-day event with all the, the people we ended up bringing back and sharing their experience with us. So lots to get into tonight. Obviously, Russell Wilson, the big winner today, $245 million, a five-year deal where he says he wants to finish his term in Denver, 165 guaranteed. So big payday for him. And the Eagles naming five of their captains also acquiring a running back that should have been with the Eagles and now truly is with the Eagles. So Trey Sermon joins the Eagles and it's a good thing to have. We'd rather have more running backs than less. And we know how the injury bug works in Philadelphia. So hopefully that will not be a part of this season. We'll keep everybody healthy because we all know that the Eagles have an early bye week this season. So with that also the Phillies are still on the West coast Thank God they didn't get swept by Arizona. So a colossal of runs just two nights ago. The Phillies are off tonight. Tomorrow night, their first pitch is at 10.15 Eastern time, which obviously will be 7.15 West Coast time. So lots to get into. Sean's with me. Dylan has the night off. Fuji's on assignment. And like I said, Rich will be joining us later on. So with that all being said, I always thank you every single time for coming on, joining us here on the show. We always do appreciate it. And again, don't forget, visit the site where now you can find Faith on the Field with us here at BroadSTSouth.com. So thank you to everyone tuning in. I'm Angel. This is episode 153, and welcome to Broad Street South. We have Fuji, and I bring him on with me just so he can get everybody fired up and pumped up, but he's not here Dylan attempted the other night. It, it worked okay. You got to give the kid an A for effort, at least trying, or E, as I said the other night. And I can't get Sean to do the same thing, so I'm just going to bring Sean on just as as quietly and as best I possibly can. So here is the sports contributor, Sean Corain. Sean, how are you this evening? Pretty good, Angel. How about yourself? Good. Yeah, things are hot here in Tampa as we are live at the LG Direct Sales Solution Studios. And uh, 97 degrees, I believe, was the high today. So it was a sweltering one. And I was down there by Clearwater Beach today in St. Pete. I drove by the Gulf. I should have probably jumped into the Gulf because it was just that hot. But it's okay. <laughs> I'll be doing that on Saturday. So a couple days from now, I'll be down nice. there at the beach and just having fun. But how's, uh, how's everything back in Philly? Hot. A little bit cooler today, you know. But uh, the weekend, we're prepared for some uh, hot weather as well. So looking forward to this uh, Labor Day weekend. Got a lot of uh, good sports talk to talk about tonight. Oh, definitely for sure. And Rick Marcus says, this, man, it's raining at the airport right now. And it was uh, in through here just a couple of minutes ago. We had a nasty storm come through here. So thankfully, it didn't knock out the power because okay. in Florida, storms are pretty horrendous around here. And when they get pretty bad, they trigger either your lights or the internet, one of the two. So thankfully it didn't happen. But coming back with us again tonight, you guys just saw her a couple of weeks ago. Of course, Melissa came on to talk about her late great dad, Pete. And we got in some conversation there. We try to show a film about the NFL when she was talking about her father, the documentary. And of course, the piece that she's done for her dad as she continues to talk about the reason why her father ended up passed away the struggle that continues as far as for anyone suffering from the disease and what she continues to do 
to keep his name and his legacy on. So with that being said, we will bring on the lady herself. It is Melissa Pihos. Melissa, thank you so much for coming back onto the show and for sharing us with your experience that's coming up here with uh, Dick Vermeule and, of course, your dad and as much as you could possibly learn from him, uh, even though he was gone way too soon. Hi. Hey, <laughs> Dylan. So there's... Oh, I'm sorry, go so, ahead. Yeah. So you want me to talk about uh, Dick Vermeule, that, that whole thing, or what, what yep. would you like me to talk about? Well, the, for... <laughs> We'll start off. Let's start off with Dick Vermeule there because we know okay. it's a, obviously it's a it's a big experience for a lot of us. We know how much Dick, you know, he meant a lot to us in Philadelphia. Then, of course, he went with the Rams and then KC with the Rams. He ended up winning the Super Bowl. That should have happened in Philly, but it's okay. We finally got one many years later. But you know what, Mister Vermeule, everybody knows. I mean, the, the guy is just legendary, a class act. No matter how frustrating he ever got in the field, if you ever saw him and met him in person. He was nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing like what he was like on the field. When he was on the field, it was like your dad. He was all business. But away from that, it, a true gentleman. So I guess uh, you can start off, I guess, with, with the trip on the way there, because I know in one of your pictures, it looked like you had friends with you out there uh, at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so um, I've been going to the Hall of Fame since I was a baby. And ever since dad passed, like I've gone with dad and – you know, experience Canton and it's gotten so much bigger. But um, so since dad passed, they, they send my mom and I up, we kind of represent him and it's really nice. And Dick Vermeil has been going, I don't know how many years I've run into him in the airport or said hi to him, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm Melissa Pihos. And he's like, Oh, you know, cause you know, dad knew, you know, they crossed paths several times at different things. And so when I knew we were going up, so I got in touch with him and he, and he was like, give me a call. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I called him and he was like, Hey, you know, he's just telling me how busy he was and how, how like much work it was to like be inducted in the hall of fame, like, you know, guest lists and, speeches and just all of this stuff and they i mean i get tired going up there and and we're doing like half the stuff that he's having to do you know and right. so um we had a we had a good conversation and then the first we left on wednesday i think it was like august 3rd or something like that because we had to go to a board of trustees meeting so we left at like five in the morning or something it was crazy from valdosta and um and so we got got up there you know then everybody's in the hotel it's really nice like all the enshrinees and family everybody's just you know reuniting for the year and we went to the board of trustees thing and, we, and that was the first time I got to see him you know that evening and he gave me a big hug and I got to meet his wife because I hadn't met his wife yet and um yeah and then, you know, when I talked to him on the phone, he invited me to his private party, which each enshrinee has like a private party. We used to be able to just go to all of them. Like I've been to, I don't know how, I've, I've been to Warren Sapp's party and I've been to, you know, Chris Carter. <laughs> but um, now they have to like pick and choose who they're going to like, you know, invite. And because they only have a certain amount of people they can have. And uh, so, I was like, sure, we'll go, you know. So I ran into him here and there um, a few times. And then I got to see him in Shrine, which was really nice. That was a really nice um, moment there. Um, well, seeing everyone in Shrine was really nice. I've been seeing it for so long. Like, it used to be just, like, four people. And now it's, like, eight people, you know. <laughs> it takes a long time. But um, it's just just walking through the bus room and seeing everybody and I don't know. And I get, I get to spend time with dad again, the whole week, the whole week, you know, it's just really nice. Um, so the private party was really fun. <laughs> so I, I got bet. to, yeah. So like Ron Jaworski was there and I said, Hey, you know, we talked a little bit cause um, we had, we had talked via email several times, but, 
and we had met at a couple of events, but um, yeah, it was nice to just like give him a hug and, and then Vince Papali was there and that was a really nice, like we talked for a long time and I got to meet his whole family because every time I've met him, um, it's been at things where he was either by himself or just with his wife, but I got to meet his kids this time and stuff like that. So that was really nice. And Ray, Ray Didinger was there and we talked for a long time, which I hear he's coming on your show this month. So yeah. yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm dying to talk to him, especially Fuji, because Fuji, I mean, both of us are big fans. Um, Fuji, with, with a thousand more history questions as far as in what I end up having. But, uh, we, yeah, we can't wait to have him on there. But you, you're, as you're mentioning Ray Dinger, at any given point in time, did he ever hint? I know he says that he's done, and once he's done, that's it. But did he ever hint upon anyone saying that even though he's only been, what, maybe less than a month uh, separated from radio, did he mention at all? Was he just, you know, was he happy he was done or does he feel like he misses something? Um, he said he, he did say he missed it, but, and it was, you know, it was, it was sad for him, but then he felt kind of, you know, like, like he could not be so busy all the time. And he's, you know, he wrote a play. Um, it's called Tommy and me. And it's the whole story about how he met Tommy McDonald. And it's a two person. It's only two people in the play, you know? Well, right. I think there's three because there's one, somebody that plays him as a kid. But, um, and they've been touring up in like Hershey and, and uh, I, Delaware, some, somewhere, Delaware Valley or something. I don't know. I guess some mm -hmm. theater there. I probably should look it up. So I'm not saying the wrong thing, but um he's really into that right now like he's really into like getting tommy and me out there and i i think that's really cool you know and he just wrote that book too and that's been selling out on everywhere so i think he's just kind of i think he's really focusing on that play and how he can get it out there more so there yeah. i already see mike klein tuning in tonight where he says uh we love Ray and Vince. Both are great guys. Uh, PhillyTheSouth.com. Don't forget, you guys. As a matter of fact, let me bring up. See, it's a good thing that Mikey came on. It's a really good thing. So I can bring up the banner here because, as you see on the on the bottom part there, the scrolling banner. By the way, for those who are tuning in right now and for those who get to listen to the audio download later on, if you're in the Tampa area, September 11th, it is the big blowout home away from home kickoff party at Tampa Joe's 9316 Anderson Road. Philly the South, who presents the host of the party, Michelle Henley, doing a great job putting it all together with Robert and Mikey and my Goodwin. So it's going to be $30. It's a tent event, meaning it is closed off. So $30, you can eat as much as you want from 11 to 5. There's also going to be a DJ at the tent. They're also going to have a, uh, a memorial service for 9-11 so they're going to take out a moment to make sure they pay respects on on september 11th as most people are as well so 30 dollars will get you in the door i don't know and mikey if you're still tuning in do you know if any kind of drinks are included with the 30 dollars? i i don't want to put words in my mouth and saying that there are but i know you get uh <laughs> i believe burgers and dogs and some other stuff so make sure if you're there september 11th it's only two weekends away the kickoff at Tampa Joe's, and that's for all Philly fans and for any fan. If you're a Bucks fan, you want to join us, come down, party with us, have a great time from 11 to 5. Of course, Fuji will be here. Kind of one of the reasons why he's not with us tonight, because he's making preparations uh, to be there. So we will have over 500 fans in the house. And Mikey, thank you. He says that you will need to buy your own drinks. So, uh, Mike, you can already buy two for me. Two for Fuji and then one for Debbie. So just remember, bring your bring your wallet. <laughs> but Mike Klein doing a great job. Listen, Philly, if you guys do not, if if you guys don't follow him on Facebook, make sure you do. Philly to South is one of the premier clubs down here. Mike Klein does for 28 years. He's been doing a really good job putting it all together. He's getting up to her, folks. So he might need someone who may end up taking over the reins at Philly to South. I think Michelle, Michelle, yes, really, Mikey, bring your wallet. Bring your, bring your wallet there, Slick. But uh, Mike's getting up there as far as, you know, age-wise, you would like to retire if you possibly can. Uh, I don't think you will. But either way, someone's got to take over the reins. Uh, for me, I, unfortunately, I can't, even though I am part of the club, but because of the show and everything else, I don't have the time for it. But uh, Mike, 28 years, 
It's been really good with the club. It's, we've had a lot of fun the last three years at Tampa Joe's. Now we got another season coming up, and ninety uh, percent of the season I will be down there televising from there. The night games going to have to be a little bit flexible on there because obviously you have to get up early in the morning, so we'll have to kind of play around with that one. And as I talked about earlier, the storms, well, they're here. So in case if Sean, if I happen to go away, the show will continue. If I lose the internet, so you guys will keep it running just in case we get a flicker of power outage over here. So in case you see me disappear, okay. that would be the reason why. But anyways, don't forget, September 11th, Philly of the South presents the Eagles kickoff party. And God bless Michelle Henley because she's put a lot, a lot of work into it, and she's doing a phenomenal job. So we will be there, Fuji, the whole nine yards. Sean will be back in Philly, but he'll be on with us uh, as far as on the viewing screen. So that should be a lot of fun. But getting back to with Ray Dittinger and, and Dick Vermeil, so you had – Melissa, if I remember correctly, prior to you heading uh, to Ken, Ohio, did you guys end up having dinner with Dick Vermeil prior to going up there? Am I am I correct? No, we didn't. Okay, all right. We had I, dinner I, once we got out up there. We all went to the board of trustees dinner, and it's basically enshrinees and then like widows and and like I was my mom's, you know, kind of. There were only two tickets to that um event and the board of trustees of the hall of fame so all the new and trinies got to go and all the old ones and then you know if someone was deceased then they're two family members so yeah okay so now if yeah since you've been up there many a times and and yeah. just coming from your perspective as you know as obviously as a fan your dad being in the hall of fame what's it like can you kind of give us a feel of what it's like for the new people going into the hall of fame, like the enshrinees, like how, what's their, what's the feeling like either better being the night before or just before they walk up to that stage where they know like, this is it. Like I'm in the hall of fame. Yeah. So, I mean, I've just seen so many people react differently. Like I remember when uh, Terry Bradshaw went in and I remember he had this big party and there, there was like, I remember the people at the hotel being mad because there was some pizza like all over the room, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think, I think some of them get really nervous because I mean, it is, I like they're being immortalized forever, you know, and their bust is in there and they get, they get the jacket. Like that's the, you know, the first thing that they do is get that jacket and just trying that jacket on like that evening, like watching them get their gold jackets is just something. And they're all like, it's like this huge group of gold jackets, just they're like welcoming them in. And, you know, when I started going, there were where there were less guys in, you know, so then it'd be like, yay, 20 people are back, you know, so <laughs> now there's, I mean, yeah. at least like there were like 100, I think there were 120 or 100 that came back this year, um, oh, wow. which is quite wow. a bit. You know, then they have to, there's a parade and they ride in the parade and they're waving at all the fans. And I forgot who it was last year through like, I don't know, $10,000 out with the fans. Yeah, I can't, I think it was wow. Ezra Jen James. I think it was him. I think it was him, but I can't remember. Um, <laughs> Cause I wasn't, the, the, the parade is too early for me. So um I just can't get up. I used to go with dad though. He'd make me ride with him in the parade. So, but yeah, they, they have a very busy schedule and um, then they have all the parties and, and, you know, their crew gets put in near, you know, in front there. We were sitting like, we were behind the, some Raiders, some Raiders fans. So I saw that lightning. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. the bad part is I can hear the electric through the headphones here. So I'm hoping it, it, it blows by faster because I can feel the electric when it comes through because it's right outside the window here. Yeah. So. Well, you know, my headphones, I hear everything. I just heard loud and clear. Yeah, I get yeah, that. I That's the, the only bad part here about Florida. It's, again, they, they I mean, they're, they're in and out in 15 minutes. The bad part is, like, right now, we don't have the downpouring rain but we get the lightning and the thunder. Normally at, at times we get just like, you'll hear the thunder, but you'll see that it's almost like, and I know they said there's no such thing as heat lightning. I 
say what they want to say. It is a thing. But usually when we get these kind of storms, where we get more strikes than anything else, these are the more dangerous ones than with just the rain because, and one thing I've learned being down here, I feel like the weatherman down here at times, but when you have like patches of opening within a cloud, usually that's where I'll find the, the quick ground to shoot up because obviously lightning shoots up from ground up. And uh, that's where it becomes kind of dangerous. I'm just hoping it blows by fairly quick. So that's why I said, in case I happen to lose it, that's the reason why I don't have to reset everything yeah. in here. Um, but the the one thing <clears throat> I will never get, I will never give up the show. Love you, Angel Schaefer. Okay. Don't know exactly who you are, but all right. So uh, whomever Angel Schaefer is, uh, you got a fan that loves you somewhere. So don't know exactly who you are. Um, but anyways, so <laughs> again, things that happen in your life. But the other thing, um, as we talk about, like the, as far as the enshrinement and everything else. So when it comes to the actual parade, does that start, or should I say my fault, is that right within Canton, like right within, in the same area that's in it, or is there a particular area that they end up actually driving through and come back towards the stadium? No, it's um, in downtown Canton. So people start um, camping out sometimes the night before um, wow. so they can be right on like the front line. It's a pretty big event. And downtown is sort of a little bit further away from like where the stadium and the hall are. So, okay. and they had us staying downtown, um, which was really cool. They had, we hadn't been downtown in a, in like probably like three years. Um, but it was cool being back downtown, um, just walking around and hanging out in Canton and yeah, it was cool. So. Uh, and again, if you're going to cry about the weather, become a Cowboys fan. It's not going to happen. <laughs> nice try, but wow. not going to happen. No way. Oh, yeah. Here comes a big one. Not definitely going to happen. But uh, Sean, I'm not too sure if you have any questions. I know uh, Rich will be joining us here in a couple of minutes, but I don't know if you had a particular yeah. question, either being the Hall of Fame or for Melissa herself. I mean, just being up there, Melissa, it has to be just quite an honor just seeing, like, that whole brotherhood of every guy in their gold jackets, like you said. And it's something on my bucket list I want to see. Being a former football player, I just want to see and see all the rich history about it, you know? Yeah. So what was your uh, most uh, uh, good time up there? When uh, Vermeil um, got inducted in the Hall of Fame, I mean that that was the Vermeil party was really fun, but we had a lot of fun um, at the uh, like there's the there's like uh, there's like a few luncheons we go to, and um, mm -hmm. I don't know, just being being with like some of the kids that their dads are no longer with us and kind of bonding or mm -hmm. some of the widows and stuff like Sylvia Mackey and um, Terry Upshaw, mm -hmm. like hanging out with them. Um, you know, Kevin Green's widow. It, it was just really nice being with like such a, a big group of like really great men and women, you know? Um, and uh, the funny thing was on our, our, plane ride back we had a driver pick us up at 3 30 in the morning and lynn swan and jerome bettis rode with us <laughs> and it was really oh, fun wow and that's then, awesome yeah and they were on the plane that's definitely, with us too. yeah yeah jerome bettis was one of my favorite running backs he was a he was a beast oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. He was running a little late, so he made us late, and I had to rush my 82-year-old mom, like, through the airport. <laughs> I guess oh, he no. went out. He went out the night before, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I'd, I'd imagine, you know, I could, in the NFL, obviously, now it's, it's completely different from what we've seen from years past. Some guys that are still waiting to get in, which I think it's been, like, long overdue. They should have been in by now. But again, it's the NFL. It's the way they do things and everything else. But I could imagine, Sean, and, and probably you as well, that word. Let's just say you have you had a 10-year career, but it was a 10-year solid career 
and then you you finally get the call to the hall. I mean, it, it's got to be such an overwhelming experience because ultimately, other than winning a Super Bowl, that's got to be, you know, and I was trying to make it to the Pro Bowl. Um, it's got to be one of those things. It's got to be up there. I, I think the making the Hall of Fame and winning the Walter Payton Award, it, it's got to be the top two tiers of what you want to yeah. do in your career in the NFL. So it, it, it's got to be quite the experience. It's yeah. the cream of the crop. Just like you said, it's amazing. You know, you're you're in there with the best of the best, and you busted your butt for however long that you played the game. And then you're obviously biggest reward is that gold jacket and a bust. So, yeah, it's simply amazing. It is. Yeah. It's got, like I said, it's got to be. It definitely has to be something else. But I want to bring up a couple of pictures here, if as long as this works correctly. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna make sure that I can get this up. The way it should. So some pictures that, that Melissa here, she shared with me. So let me bring it up on the screen and transition it over so you guys can see. One with, with your dad that we can see up there on, on the screen. And that's then nice. scroll, if I scroll over, over in Ken as well. And, and again, that's just being down that ramp. It's got to be something, you know, again, particularly cool. But B-Dog well-known, well-loved in Philly, will always be a Philly favorite no matter what. I No one will ever – there's no one yet – and, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. There's nobody yet to fill those shoes on that defense like Brian Dawkins. Not one damn bit. Nobody. Not even close. Nope. Now, Melissa, other than you, who I can tell the obvious one in the picture, who else do we have in the picture here? So we've got my mom kind of on the – well, our – if you're looking at it, she's on the left. And then that's Esther Parker. She's Jim Parker's widow. Oh, wow. And I think he okay. played for Baltimore Colts back when it's Baltimore Colts. Yep. Um, I think. I'm not entirely. I probably should look that up. But. And then you have the, the pro class that we see up there on the on the screen with Dick Vermeil. Him up there on stage. And I believe there's one, one or two more that we've seen here. Yep. And now that's the one infamous one I would say about Dick Vermeil that he it carries with him everywhere, everywhere, even on the worst games ever. Like even when he went to go just shake the opposing coach's hand, that was the famous smile that we can always remember. I think if anything, like I know they tried it in Boston there when it comes to his Hall of Fame statue, but that that should have been like another one next to that one because it, it he, that's the one thing that man has always done throughout his career is just, you know, smile like there's no tomorrow. And it's, and it's great to see because a lot of times you don't get to see that yeah. from a lot of the coaches. So that that's pretty cool. So thank you once again for sharing the, the pictures here. I'm going to transition us back to a regular Thanks screen. for the pictures. They were very nice. Oh, you're welcome. And then there's, there's a, a lot video. more too if like anybody – wants to look at my Facebook or whatever. Like, there's a lot more um, from all, throughout the years. Like you can go look at my albums and you know when like Dawkins went in, I, I have a nice pictures of that too. So, I actually said okay. hey to him too at Dawkins. He was at the Fermil party too. Oh, and To was on our flight. <laughs> Oh my oh, god. Oh wow, he really? Was, yeah. But he wouldn't he, ride with us. Like he was supposed to leave at the same time, but like he got his own driver. It was really it was really interesting. <laughs> I don't know why he I, did that, but <laughs> mainly because you gotta figure see he's I, I think Tio's kinda hung up on because I know he wouldn't come back to Philly. And I think he's still kinda hub, hung up on that he thinks the fans for some reason are are like they hate him or I, I don't even know if I want to use the word hate. Like if they're like, if they were have this big distrust or dislike for him, I guess. And Teal has no idea that he's well loved here in Philly. I mean, th th listen, he, he yeah. rose to the challenge. I, anybody can say whatever they want to about Teal, but he rose to the challenge to almost get us there. If it wasn't for the Patriots and any Patriots fan listening in, if it wasn't for the cheating scandal back then, that's what happened. But Donovan McNabb wasn't ready either. So we can, you know, I can use all the excuses in the world, Donovan wasn't ready, unfortunately. T.O. was, so was the rest of the team. It's just Donovan was not ready for that particular Super Bowl. But that's neither here nor there. But T.O., listen, we've seen your speed. Someone recorded you on a video not too long ago. I think it was doing a 4-2. And yeah. uh, you can still come back to Philly because we can still use some wide receiving help. So the door is open, T.O. I know you're probably not listening, but if you do. But it'd been cool, though, if you would have rode with you guys. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's a thing with him. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he didn't want to get on with 
Lynn Swan and Jerome Bettis. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. Like, it was weird. We were just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to show the one film that you shared here with me. And there's two of them, but I'm going to bring up this one here so everyone can see. And then uh, we should have my brother Rich coming up here very shortly. Six, Vermeil took on a daunting task. He became the head coach of an Eagles team that had not qualified for the postseason since 1960. That's it, there it under his leadership, that will soon change. Always a man to march to his own beat, Vermeil took a 15-year NFL hiatus. He would remain close to the game, working as a college and NFL broadcaster. Then, in 1997, he became head coach of a Rams team in the midst of its own seven-year postseason dry spell. As I told you beforehand, Melissa, it, with the audio quality today that we can get from between phones and cameras, and you listen to that, it's like we're sitting right in the same seat where you are. So, I again, I couldn't imagine being there, even if it's not, which is obvious, that it's not me getting inducted or Sean or yourself, but it's just, it's got to be a feeling, whether you're a coach or a player, it, it's got to feel exhilarating to know that like, you're there, all these, you know, the ceremonies are about to happen, people are waiting for you. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would actually walk up on the stage or pass by the stage or throw up on stage because it's just there's a bundle of nerves that you're going through and everything else and all the feelings. So it, it's just it's got to be a tremendous experience. So God bless Dick Vermeil because he's done so much for the community where he lives in. He still has a home that resides in Pennsylvania, right in the suburbs outside of Philly. He's been there for years. He continues to do things between uh, Pennsylvania and California. You know that we still have the winery out there in, in California. So, I mean, he's going to be well-loved forever. He, and even just like your dad, Melissa, when, when Pete passed away, those guys, their legacy continues. It, it, just because they're gone, it doesn't mean it stops. It, it, people still talk about them to this day. And that's, I think, that's when you know you made an impact in someone's life. And even some people that you're like, oh, like I hate this person. They're so stupid, but they'll talk about them. So how much do you really hate them? Because you continue to talk about their person, you keep bringing them up. So, you know, and that's the best part about it. I think we learn and we grow as fans that even if we have, you know, let's say game hatred, I'm not going to say actual hatred, but like we know the Eagles and the Cowboys have always been rivals for years. One of the bigger rivals, I think in the NFL. And so even if something were to like, if, if we were to see a Cowboy fan in distress in Philly, I and I'm just talking for me in my own opinion. I don't think anybody would allow for, you know, for them to get like beyond beat up or whatever the case may be. If they got hit by a car, to just lay them on the street and walk over them. I mean, it, you know, we can have hatred when it comes to the game, but personal life is is completely different thing. So, I, and with a lot of things that are going on in Texas, anyways, we hope that everybody is safe down there because we know there's there's a crisis nearby there. But you know, again, as fans. It's the appreciation of seeing, you know, people that have impacted our lives with us not knowing them personally and them not knowing us personally. But again, it's just, it, it's got to be probably one of the cooler experiences in the world. Yeah, it really is. It's, uh, it's a nice uh, being there, watching everything, being right there around everyone. <laughs> so, well, yeah. the only. Now, as far as what have you learned? Oh, and pardon me for a second. I want you to make sure that you share with everyone where they can find the biography and the choreography that you did for your dad in case they missed it on the last show so they can go back and watch it. Well, so not all of it's online because it is such a sensitive topic. So yeah. there's some things um, the NFL films feature is just on YouTube. I think if you just search like NFL films presents um, and type P I H O S my last name, or if you type my name or my dad's name, you'll find it. Um, the P has some moving biography. There's little sections of it online, but I don't have the entire thing online. Um, Dear dad is online. Like if you search for it, like dear dad, P host. That was my award-winning film that I created. Um, that was the kind of the first thing I created before I made the whole show. 
But if anybody wants to see the whole thing, I do have it on a Google Drive. I just don't like to have it all out there, you know. People no, have to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better in person, Absolutely. like because it's so you know the film and dance just kind of connect, and it, video like takes away some of the energy when you, as opposed to seeing it live and hearing the sound and hearing the dancers move and you know hit each other and stuff when they're playing mm-hmm. football. <laughs> so, yeah. They do hit each other. <laughs> so, but yeah, you can, you can search. It's things are out there. Yeah. You Google it. Well, the, no, I, I will say, and I know last time we tried to get into a little bit without obviously getting too touchy here, but yeah. What, if anything, cause again, we try to play it on, on YouTube. Obviously we got a really bad reverb when we try to do it, but what, what was the key factor of you just wanting to learn about your dad? And then what, like at what moment, what was the inspiring moment that you actually want to do what you've done for your dad? Well, he was, he was in his final stages of Alzheimer's and I was in grad school and I felt like I wanted to honor him and keep his memories alive. So um, because he was losing them, I, I wasn't able to communicate with him anymore. Um, in a normal way. So uh, that was the, you know, part of it. That was kind of the, the, what ignited me to do that. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It was, it was hard because he was, he wasn't doing well sometimes. And I like had to travel to Philly and then travel places and he'd like go into the hospital and, And so I did it for him and to get, you know, like I said, keep his legacy alive. But then I also did it for me because it was a healing process for me. So um, I did a whole TED talk about it too recently about healing and creativity. And I taught that's on YouTube as well. It's also on the TED talk um, site, but uh, yeah, just how, how, creating something helped me heal going through such a difficult time losing my dad slowly. So, yeah, I think that was the biggest takeaway. To this day, are are there any stories that your mom might recall? Like you guys might be sitting down somewhere, let's say a family dinner and something will trigger in her head, something maybe your dad has done and she hasn't shared, but might share in that moment. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, stories i mean my dad had like four different wives and i mean there's just there's that would be like a whole like week to explain um but yeah like he you know they went on a lot of trips and sometimes i got to go with them and i i mean he he liked to have fun you know he he wasn't a big drinker or anything but he just really loved like hanging out with people and um you know living life having fun. Um, I don't know that, that kind of put me on the spot. So I'm trying to like, they're not coming. All the stories aren't coming to me right now. <laughs> no, listen, it happens. Trust me. It happens. <laughs> no, not at all. Because again, it's, it's tough because it, it, listen, there, there's a lot of sensitive things, obviously that, that a lot of times we don't want to bring up because it, it triggers certain memories that you probably don't want to bring up again. I think that's the toughest point in, in anybody's life. I don't care how, some people on the outside, you can be as tough as you want to be, but in the end, everybody cries, everybody goes through it, everybody goes through pain. That's the big thing. So I think you know it's 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 not trying to put anybody or anything else on the spot here because it you know it is hard, especially because you didn't get the time to spend as much with your dad. So that's why I don't I don't go down a certain route just because I don't want to bring back a, a distant thought that will keep you up for the rest of the evening. But listen, again, you get to, the good thing about it is you got the memories, obviously what you did for him as far as choreography, that he was able to see it before he passed. And then you still go back and basically visit him every year, if you possibly can at, you know, at the NFL shrine. So, I mean, that that's within that. I mean, that's a cool story because that many of us can turn around and be like, so what's your dad do? <laughs> oh, nothing. He's just, in, you know, at the hall of fame. It's no big deal. So, you know, it, it, it's a lot to deal with and, and everybody, everybody's always going to have their own legacy. 
everybody, no matter which way you look at it. We all try to do the best we possibly can. We all try to make the best choices in life uh, that that we hope that we're making. But you know what? In the end, all that matters is that we gave it our best shot while we were here. And we hope to affect someone's life in a good, positive way versus in a negative, detrimental way. So it's a good thing that your dad, you know, impacted a lot of people the way he did. And he was able to accomplish, I guess, as many things as he could while he was here. So that's, you know, kudos to your dad. But, you know, as as we talk about the Eagles here, and I'm waiting for Rich to come on, he might be having a little bit of a difficulty coming on here as, as far as the technicality of stuff. But, <clears throat> Sean... You mentioned the other day about Trey, possibly, once he was let go, to bring him on. You had mentioned it would be nice to see if the Eagles picked him up. We also wanted to see that maybe it could have been between Pittsburgh, could have been between the Patriots. It could have gone either way, but the Eagles end up picking him up. How crucial was it for the Eagles to pick that man up? Big time, because look at with Miles Sanders. He's been out, what, three weeks with this uh, ankle injury? Yeah. So, it's time to, like, basically, we got two weeks into the season, pick up another running back, and what better than get a guy who's young, 23, six foot, 220, a bruising back, different running style than Miles. Let's go let's go get him, and which we did. And then I read the article previously. There was some talks with the 49ers and us traded him, but we got the better end of the deal. We didn't have to pay anything for him since he got released, so – I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. So your thoughts? Well, it can't it, – it definitely can't get any – thankfully, any worse for the Eagles, but I think it was a good move by Howie. Howie, as I, as I mentioned to you earlier today, I think for Howie and the job he's done this season and, – and we all like to bust Howie's chops more than anything else. Obviously, we, we always say that Fuji and Howie are best friends. I think Howie this year, honest to God, earned his pay for what he did during a draft, what he was able to do the night of the draft, and what he continues to do. I mean, who knew? Everybody hoped that we'd end up getting Jordan Davis. Thankfully, it fell in our laps the way it did. But for him to continue to pull these strings and, and these rabbits out of his hats, it's amazing what he's going to end up doing. And, and I know, obviously, yeah. with Jalen Rager being traded away to Minnesota, we all get it. We all understand it. But it, it, it's a part of the business. Would Justin Jefferson would have made it better? Who knows? We don't know what kind of path it ended up going. Would yeah. we have gotten Devontae Smith? So there, there's so many different questions. That, that There's probably more questions than there is answers. But what he did as far as picking up a running back, he knew that we needed the help. So good job by Howie by doing so. And by Nick Sirianni pointing yeah. out that obviously they needed that, you know, they needed the adjustment, they needed help. But again, when you look at it, Howie has done a phenomenal job. We, I mean, as much as we criticized him last draft, this one, he really knocked it out. And not having, let's not forget, our salary cap in the window for it, it's not that high of a ceiling. So what he's done to make things happen, and obviously Jalen Hurts this year, now getting the C on his chest, it's going to be, he knows, it's going to be tons and tons of eyes on him this season. Oh, so the absolutely. payday, yep. yeah. So if he wants a payday like Russell Wilson, I don't think he's going to be anywhere remotely near, obviously, what Russell Wilson got because he's been doing it for years. But if Jalen wants to prove himself of what his value and his worth is, then it's got to be it, – it, it, I mean, it's – what's the word I'm looking for here? It's got to it, be it, now. You're right. Yeah. It, it's it's got to be. The time's now. Because you surrounded them, just like you said, with all the players. You got A.J. Brown. You got Dallas Goddard. You got a hell of a no-line, you know. And, I mean, sky's the limit for him. And we got a knockout defense with the acquisition of Gardner Johnson. So, I'm excited. I mean, the defense is definitely an upgrade, you know, from front linebackers to secondary. You know, I can't wait to see what they bring uh, September 11th versus the Lions. My things don't well. I gotta try and send something off here as we're as we're speaking because you gotta do the multitasking around here to make sure to get things done. Um, so let me let me get this out of the way here just to see if we can get Rich up here and running. So Rich, if you can hear me, I just send you something else. Try that one there and and see what happens. Um, but. Let me get back to focus over here. I can't take it off the screen. There it is. That's going off the screen. Yeah, but no, listen. Once again, I think for – you got to – to be a GM, we know 
in this day and age in the NFL, you have to know exactly what you're doing. There, there's a lot of things that to make a, a great GM and not many obviously are in the Hall of Fame. But if Howie really wants to be here for mm-hmm. years to come and continue to earn the respect from the fans, and not saying that he has to, don't get me wrong. I, I guess let me word that differently. You're hired to do a job. Whether we as fans like it or not, we're going to complain until the cows come home. It's what we do. We're going to continue to complain. We're going to continue to, to say that we didn't like what was done. We didn't like the choices. None of that stuff. It, it is what it is. But mm-hmm. in order for you to be successful, especially in Philadelphia, you have to know, one, the community, two, the fan base. Because a lot of times, I know people like to say, well, in Philly, they like to argue. They're mean. They're this or that. No, we know our football in Philadelphia. And I know a lot of places in New York as well. But in Philly, we're passionate because we know what, what the team needs. Yep. And we hear even on the Philly radio, a lot of times, sometimes you'll hear like, oh, the fans, you know, they wanted this person. Now, look what happened. They wanted that out. Now, when Joe Girardi, switching gears here real quick, but when Joe Girardi, when I started hearing the grumblings that Joe needed to be out because the fans wanted him out, that was one person I was actually sticking out for because I thought, all right, you know what? Come on, give Joe a break. I don't think it's Joe's fault. Well, it turned out to be Joe's fault because obviously Rob Thompson has really mm-hmm. turned his team around. So with what Howie has done, especially during that Chip Kelly era, that thing got was short and sweet because if he would have been here any longer, I don't even think we would have probably had a team at this point because the fan base was definitely gone. And once you get into Jeffrey Lurie's pockets, you know that he's going to end up letting you go because December came and I've never seen that many empty seats at the link than when Chip Kelly was here. Yeah. So I like to pick up. I still want to see what's going to end up happening. Once again, I think Gardner mentioned, which I thought had a pretty decent camp uh, before the season started. I think, and I could be wrong, Sean, maybe the Eagles are thinking if needed be, if they need another key piece before the trade deadline is up, maybe they could shop around Gardner Minshew. Now, is he still a backup quarterback? I believe so. Is he a starting quarterback somewhere? Don't know. He hasn't shown himself enough since being away from Jacksonville. So I don't know what you think. Do you you believe that Gardner Minshew Mm -hmm. could be a starting quarterback for a team? Uh. Not really, because all all the all the teams have a uh, very good quarter, very good quarterbacks. You know, I think he's a very serviceable backup quarterback. You know, and I would like to just leave it like that. You know, and back to Howie. Howie's a great numbers guy, but as far as evaluating like football players and talent, he has the six other GMs whispering in his ear. I think. This is the guy to get. Let's do our homework from injuries, background check, get him. But all in all, he's he's doing a solid job, like you said. So now Melissa, as far as for for what you've seen so far, and I know you're you're you've got a crazy busy, hectic schedule. I know it, I get it, understand it because school just started for you. I know you got a lot on your plate, but for the little bits and pieces you've been able to see during training camp and what the team has done. What's your feeling like of what the Eagles should be able to do this season? I think they'll I think they'll get pretty far. I, I'm I mean, I would of course like them to win the Super Bowl, but I don't know if they'll do that, but they may get, you know, they may get to the playoffs. Maybe. We'll see. I sort of foresee that. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. I, I truly do hope so because I think it's going to end up – I think it's – for the Eagles – so I, I know a lot of people are saying 11 wins. Uh, last week, Key came on, and, and she felt they could possibly pull out 12 wins. Uh, being being healthy, it, it's, it's going to take a lot for the Eagles to get there. I feel like a solid 10 wins out of this team it is more approachable, I believe. So – it, there's going to be a lot to ride on Eagles this season. But again, as I keep mentioning on the, on, on the shows though, the great part about the season is, and I've never heard so much talk behind the Eagles and I'm talking about the national media. Normally it's never, the Eagles haven't gotten this much talk. I want to say since maybe, let me go back to maybe 2015 before 2017 season. And, and it was when the Eagles were still kind of transitioning, figuring out what they wanted to do, where they wanted to go. There's a lot of the media, the things that the Eagles can will definitely win a division, as, as stated for them, that they'll win a division and could make it deep into the playoffs. Barring any injuries like any other team in the NFL, 
I think it happened. But again, it's all going to rely upon Jalen Hurts. And Sean, as I stated before, we know that he practiced this offseason, one with, you know, with TB12, with a couple other QBs. I know a couple of guys that went away from, obviously, Pennsylvania and did some practice. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we know there's a lot riding this year. We got two weeks before the kickoff to, to the NFL season. We know that Nick Sirianni's got a lot to prove in year two. He came in here year yeah. one. And, I mean, to take the team where he did to get him into the playoffs was great. But the way we exited out was horrendous. Nick Sirianni, if, I'm going to ask you this question here, Sean, but if, if Nick Sirianni mm-hmm. proves himself this season, do the Eagles then extend him? I'm not going to go with 10 years. Do the Eagles at least extend him for another, let's say, at least another five years? I'll, I'll say lower, you know, because I think he still has something to prove, you know. Yeah, but the sky's the limit for him. Like I said, we're stacked. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. So I, I want to bring up one video here because with uh, my brother Richard, there might be some technical difficulties that he can't make it on with us. So I'll make sure I get him rescheduled for, for another show. But – I want to bring up because he so he came out with a new show and he he surprised me yesterday. He really surprised me because he told me, "Hey, check out the tweet I just sent." And so I checked it out, and I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm going to show you the video of the one he told me about. But it took me a second to register because he's always doing something. He he's he's like the kid putting his hands in a cookie jar. Like one thing I absolutely love about Rich is he he will spread himself around. But when he does it, it's always impactful. It's not like I'm going to talk to this person, and if it doesn't work out, well, I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing with Plan B. Obviously, everybody, if you don't know it, he's on 1490 uh, AM Sports Betting with Back Your Play. And I'm hoping getting that right from Sports Betting. He's got his own show obviously you know, on YouTube. You can follow him on YouTube on Rich Q on Q on there as well. And that's where he released his new show and the episode, or at least the, the small snippet I'm going to end up showing here on the screen. But when I looked at it and I saw who it was, the reaction to me was, wow, how in the world did that happen? So I'm going to show the clip here and then I'll talk about who he teamed up with. Who my all-time favorites. Trading places or coming to America? Trading places. I hate coming to America. You hate coming to Yes, I hate coming to America. One of the dumbest moves ever. <laughs> That's what? I don't like you. Are you supposed to see, like se- no. see you with sexual chocolate when he drops the mic? Yeah, but no, coming to America was. was... All, right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, last one for you. Oh, by the way, you thinking of James Conner? Yes, James Conner. That's who it is. He. He, the boy's good, man. The boy All can right. play. All right, last one, because now it's a minute 27 with 27. You want to walk back your comments on Tyson Fury, the best heavyweight of all time? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm taking that. He's number one. He's number one on my list. He's number one. I'm the guy six foot nine, great hands free. He's a good boxer with great skills, good footwork, can take a shot. He's, he's, he's just even, as fast as some of these other guys. Do you even contemplate the body of work, though? Right when we look so now, if you guys remember Brandon Jacobs, the New York football giant, right? Short kind of career, but again, yeah. when you team up with certain people, yeah. When when you team up with certain people, it it again it kind of takes you a little bit by surprise. When he dropped that on me, it it was absolutely nothing. I mean, it was just it was nuts because it, it took me a minute to register. Like, wait a minute. So that's who he's teamed up with. So if you guys want to check out again, my brother Risky Yonis. His work on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe to his show. He called it, or he's calling it, I should say, because now it's official, 27 in Q, obviously number 27, that Brandon ended up wearing. Yep. And then for Rich Quinones, Q for short, so 27 in Q, and I told him that was a great name for the show. So many more episodes coming up with those two gentlemen. Um, If you guys, you can, again, check it out. You can also look. I tweeted out earlier today, so you can go to the link. Check it out. And then, again, subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes coming up because that should be a great show. And as obviously as the season progresses and the more to get into it, I'm pretty sure the topics are going to end up coming fast and furious. So uh, nice job by my brother. 
does an excellent work. Again, does work also for the AC Gambits with a TBL. It, it, he's just, he's extremely busy. That's the best thing I can say. He's busy, he hustles, but he's a great man as well. So hopefully it'll be really, really good here with him and Jacob. So it's, it's going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see more and more episodes as they continue to film it. So he cannot make it this evening, which is fine. What we'll end up doing is we'll end up ending the show here. We'll bring him back. We'll coordinate another date to make sure he comes on here. But don't forget, you guys, come September 11th, obviously the kickoff, well, next Thursday is the official kickoff on Thursday Night Football. But for the Eagles, September 11th against Detroit. Don't forget about the kickoff party presented by Philly South at Tampa Joe's 9316 Anderson Road. And you guys can visit them on tampajoes.com. As I always say, it's a hop, skip, and a jump from the airport. $30 will get you in the door all-day food event from 11 to 5. After 5 o'clock, you can hang around if you want to, but your drinks, yes, you do have to pay for it. Unless you're my client, which I already told him he's got to pay for ours, and he knows he will anyways. He won't. He's freaking cheap. He won't do it, but whatever. He's a good friend anyways. So thanks to Mike Goodwin for the support that he's done for the many years here with us on the show. Also, LGDirect.net, Larry Gilman, doing a fantastic job out there in Pennsylvania. And also, if you guys have payment problems and or looking for payment solutions, meaning from your credit card terminals, please reach out to Larry at LGDirect.net. He does have a number here in Florida. You guys can look it up on the website, but also if you have any apparel that you may need, hoodies, t-shirts, whatever the case may be, look under LGDirect.net. Also, don't forget about Big Star Sports, BigStarSports.com that you can find right on our website, BroadSTSouth.com. Take a look at Big Sarge and the content he provides. He covers the Houston Rockets, the Houston Texans. He is the Dallas Cowboy fan, probably the only Dallas Cowboy fan that we've had here on the show that we allow on the show. Of course, I say that jokingly, but he's been with us here before. Also, he's on with Indy Kalu and Chris Gordy on Sports Talk 790 in Houston from 10 to 12 Central Standard Time on In the Trenches. Those guys do, they do phenomenal work Monday through Friday. Also, don't forget Philly Sports Trips and phillysportstrips.com. If you want to travel, travel with the pros. And don't forget, the buses are still available for FedEx Field. We want to bring as many Philly crazy people as we possibly can to fill up FedEx Field down there. There's over 875 people loaded up on buses already. The Barashi South bus is starting to fill up. Let's continue to fill those seats so we can get over a thousand people down there. That's going to be a convoy straight down 95 to the beltway. That's going to be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The Arizona trip is completely sold out from what I understand. So if you guys are going to go, I would suggest you can probably fly there and pay your tickets or get your tickets. But as far as the rooms that were allotted, they're sold out. Great job by Vince and the crew by doing so. But the rest of the season, same thing. You guys can go right on our website, broadstsouth.com and book your trip right through our website. Check out the prices. On there, the tailgate experience, I will say, second to none. Those guys do an excellent job. Vince, make sure he takes care of you when you guys do the tailgate experience package. So purchase it. You won't be disappointed. And without that being said, Melissa, thank you once again for joining us. I know you have choreography and teaching and everything else to do, but we do appreciate you coming back and sharing your NFL experience with us. Thank you. It's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for coming Sean. on, Melissa. Sean, anything else? Uh, Mollis, no problem. And uh, make sure you keep the people informed. I'll let them know exactly any breaking news like you shared with me today. So uh, we will see everyone here again next Tuesday. Don't forget, if you're listening to this show for the first time, you can always catch all the latest episodes, all the replays right through our website and then subscribe to our YouTube page as well so you don't miss a show. Along with that, don't forget on Monday nights, coaching sessions with Jania and Jesse Silva. If you guys are looking for life coaches, not a psychiatrist, if you guys are looking for life coaches, join us on Monday nights, eight o'clock right here on Brossery South. So thank you to everyone. We hope that everyone enjoys their Labor Day weekend. Have a lot of fun. Be safe out there. And we will see you all next week. <laughs>